Okay, well, welcome everyone to uh, the first podcast of 2021. It's Shahid here from The Creative Floor. We do have some brilliant job opportunities coming up, so do keep a listen out to those a little later. And just to say, we've also launched The Creative Floor Awards this week, so do make sure you don't miss out on the early bird deadline, which is the 12th of February. We've got a really, really cool uh, podcast today. We're going to be focusing on the next generation of creative talent within within our industry. I'm really happy to say that today we have the Chief Creative Officers of Havas Links Group, John Chapman and Paul Kinsella. You're right, guys. How's it going, Shahid? Good. Yeah, all good, thank you. Brilliant. And we also have the Executive Creative Director of McCann Health London, Guy Swimer. You're right, Guy. Hi. Very good. I didn't know if you wanted me to bring up the fact that you're not only just the executive creative director of McCann Health, but you're also, I think it's the X Factor winner of Benidorm 2004. Is that right, Guy? Was it 2004? It was around that time. I was wondering if we were going to take at least more than 30 seconds to get into that. I think we've got an hour to go. I thought I was wondering if you were going to pace yourself. But, uh, Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's what seventeen or so years ago. I was, um, yeah, yeah uh, the songwriter at that, at that stage in my career, and, uh, and, and won uh, one of those uh, Britain's Got Talent things abroad in Spain. And uh, I did indeed. Yeah. It's, it's a real privilege because we've never had a sort of pop superstar on our podcast before, so it's a, it's great. And I think you're still, and I think you're still waiting for one. But anyway. <laughs> So, so hold, hold on a second, if you don't mind us asking a couple of questions here. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? 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 <laughs> what, what, what like, what did you win? You won in Benidorm. Wow. What are we doing? What are we talking about? Yes, we're talking about you. Okay, good. <laughs> so thank you. Thanks for joining. And, you know, thanks for that intro. And uh, thanks for being a good sport guy as ever. So I think, you know, the reason why I got you guys on here is because 2020 was obviously a very big year for our industry. Not only were we all having to contend with lockdown and craziness of, of the world, but there were so many uh, movements, I think, within within the healthcare industry, you know, more so than in a normal year. A lot of consolidations of, of agencies, a lot of movements, a lot of people leaving, and there just seemed to be a, a great generation of new blood, I guess, uh, in leadership roles. And I thought just sort of picking your brains would be really interesting because obviously Havas and McCann, I think I would arguably say, have probably got, you know, probably so the, certainly the strongest uh, reputation, creative reputation uh, within our industry. And I just, it would just be really fascinating to just really pick your brains in terms of how you did it, how you're getting on um, and, and what you're going to be doing, I guess. Um, I mean, we're what, eight days in into 2021. Um, we've already gone into a third lockdown over here in the UK and uh, America is under siege by, by Donald Trump's nutcases. So it's all going well. Um, so, um, let's kick it off. Let's, let's go and start with, um, John and Paul. Let, talk us through about when you found out you were going to get that creative director role. Um, I mean, the creative director role was a little while ago, but the CCO role. Oh, sorry. Was, the CCO role. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> was, um, and no, I was just thinking, wow, that's a, a you know, um, well, we found out around, um, when was it, PK? Probably like mid-year last year, I think. Probably, John, right on the start of 
lockdown or you know the yeah. protest started so there was a lot of change at once um which in some ways was a good thing yeah it was i mean to- tom left and then it was there was a lot of discussion and then we were given the role basically between us um to 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 take it on but what we set out was kind of just trying to do it differently as well and trying to do it in our own way together and it, like pk said it was it all happened very quickly, you know, because there was a huge amount of change in like the world and then obviously ways of work and then everybody was stuck in the house and then our roles changed pretty dramatically and pretty, pretty fast, you know, and it all was really exciting to be perfectly honest. And, and it was a, a nice way to go, right, this is totally different for everyone. So let's make it different in how we actually take the role on and, you know, make it our own and things like that. So it was, you know, we've, it, it's funny that you go, there's a, you know, new blood and fresh blood in, in these roles, but we've been at the agency a number of years. So we've got a good sense of the running of it and the people there and, you know, how it works. You know, we were both ACDs for a, for a number of years together. How, um, how long were you at uh, Havas? So I've been there, so in two months' time, I'll have been there 10 years. Oh, wow. Which is a really long stint. I, and I, um, I was there for, for five years, uh, previously working in, in consumer. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot, you know, it's a quick, quick for myself, I think, but it's a, an agency where if you apply yourself and, and you work hard, there's always opportunity there to develop. And was it always in the running that you guys were always going to take over Tom's role when 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 he left, or was it a bit of a surprise when he left and they went, "Do you guys want it?" It's a very good question. I mean, and to to break that up, it was a surprise that Tom left when he did. Now, it's life's about opportunities and taking them when they come around. It was just a strange time because of with lockdown and what was going on with coronavirus. We, we all pulled together and make sure we. The teams are okay and we get through. And Tom had this life-changing opportunity and t- took it, but it meant that John and I myself had to sort of fill those shoes. But we, we didn't see it coming, and I don't think the agency did or, or Tom himself did. So it was a good it was a good opportunity for us, um, but it wasn't something that we were knocking down the door. And I don't want to speak for John, but personally, I just we just work as and do your job as good as you can. You know, as a creative, you want to produce the best possible work and help your team produce the best possible work. And that was really my focus at the time. So it was a shock, but an, you could say a nice shock, especially with with the timing. And it it came with a little bit of guilt, if I'm honest, Shahid, because at the same time, John and I have got this great opportunity. You've got friends and peers that are being made redundant or furloughed. So it was a an interesting time and and something that we won't take for granted. You know, we, we feel a little bit privileged and lucky to work in the industry we do and, and do the type of role that we do. To then lead an agency that we respect and enjoy working in when you've got friends and peers that are equally talented but are struggling, it was a strange time in the world, really. Were you two always a, a partnership before you got the CCO role? Not at all, actually. Uh, we, we, the way that links works have links works is we're split up into smaller agencies or teams and john and i were very you know respected each other but worked on the opposite side of the fence a little bit so although we'd class ourselves as friends and know each other we didn't work that closely together so this has been 
a great experience actually working with John and getting to see how John works and, you know, showing John my sort of what, what I bring to the table as well, because I'm sure you both, you know, from your own experiences, when the day to day, you just have to crack on and get on with your work and the clients come first then your team. Um, and it's all about hitting the deadlines and making sure the best work leaves the agency. Who's the art director? Who's the copywriter? I, just so everyone on our podcast can get an idea of your skills or your background rather. We're both we're both from an art direction background, oh, wow. um, which is which is super interesting. And like PK mentioned, so we we worked separately. I mean, we're same agency, obviously, but the the structure of it, the way it's kind of split up, we headed up separate kind of sub teams and grew them and worked alongside you know some other super talented folks and accounts people and strategy people. And then when it comes to the creative side of it, both of us are partnered together to oversee the whole agency obviously but we've got cds in place of you know some are copywriters some are art direct backgrounds and they kind of head up the creative the the individual creative teams across the agency within the the sub teams so we even though we're both from an art direction point of view we've got enough kind of copywriters medical writers uh within the within the agency to kind of prop that side of it up as well because we've got i think there's 10 creative directors at the minute within have our links um i think i've got that right nine or ten so we've got a good spread across the whole agency and that allows us to basically kind of work across all of them together we'd still be involved and we kind of divvy up each side of the agency so you know pk looks after so many of them and i look after so many of them as direct reports but we come together to to make sure that the outputs you know the standards there and the you know what, what the direction that we're aiming for is is consistent you know how how many creatives have you got did we see yesterday there's 108 john yeah there's 108 <laughs> creatives we have in the agency it kind of surprised us a little bit actually because we were going i think there's about 70 and then we had a list sent through and we're like oh, okay there's a few more it's got um, a bit of creative license in it though hasn't it that includes sort of art workers and medical writers so it, it depends on where you cut the line of, you know, the creative department or how many creators we've got. It is. Skill set sort of thing. It's a it's a, a question I always find interesting because, you know, as a, as a senior creative, you would you give advice to juniors that you need to have a discipline and be one or the other. But personally, I really don't like to label myself. I started my career as a copywriter, spent seven years as a copywriter before coming an art director. And that, you know, I, I've got dyslexia. I think that um, an advantage is for an creative sometimes. So I like the fact I've done both roles, and I think it, it helps when you're reviewing work. And it's a tricky question, isn't it? Because for juniors, I do believe it, it, your career will be stronger and your career path will be more developed if you know what what, what discipline, what skill set, what craft you're going to you know go down that road. But with myself, I've always liked to dabble in both. And you know, and also really interested in the strategic side of things as well, and keep keep as close to that as possible no i think you're right i mean i, mean, I think most um you know people at the top need to have an understanding of all the different elements of craft i just asked because normally if you've got two ccos you normally one's got yeah. you know uh, you know more of a copy background and one's got more of an art so it's just yeah. so interesting that you've got you know two people from from sort of the art direction background um taking over because it's quite unusual but it's it's obviously working really well sorry just before I, we go over to guys so you, it was sort of like the back end 
of last year, the second half, where you basically took took over from Tom. That's basically right, isn't it? Yeah. A bit earlier. A bit earlier, yeah. Bit so earlier. Probably, about a month, probably about a month into lockdown. Out of interest, um, how did it feel? Like when you when you were told and you said, of course, I'm going to do it. What? Take us back there, just in that moment. What did it feel like? <laughs> I mean, I, I won't speak for PK, but I was like, wow, crap, I'm stuck in the house. Do you know what I mean? Because it, it went it went from being this is amazing to then going, how are we going to be able to do this through a screen? Because it's really difficult, and it was a new, you know, it was kind of new world then as well. You know, we're not wasn't as used to it as we are now. But it brilliant, you know, it's an amazing opportunity, and you get you get the chance to work on lots of really nice things with lots of really nice people. So, I mean. It wasn't all of one thing. It was a mixture of a lot of feelings, to be perfectly honest. Mixture, <laughs> mixture for me is the best answer because um, I'm sure Guy and you know, Shahid, you both agree, an agency is built on its people and its culture. And my, my biggest fear was if it wasn't John or I, if they brought somebody in that had a different values to what you know, the family feel that Havis is, and if that got disrupted, um, would we still enjoy working there? Would it still have the same philosophies that we did? And then when we've been appointed, and, and I know how, what John stands for and what I stand for, there's that relief that we still have that we can still build the same type of culture. And then there was that realization that it's on your shoulders and that there's a lockdown and the world's changing. But that, that quickly changed to opportunity. Um, for, for me, the problems with lockdown and everything that comes is exciting for creatives because at the end of the day, all we are is problem solvers. So I felt like John and I actually were incredibly lucky to take the role when we did with the world changing, but we get that chance to be part of it. Yeah, and I, and I guess actually as you guys are talking, I guess actually having two of you sort of taking over and sharing that responsibility actually sort of helps being in lockdown because, you know, it certainly isn't the same as being with the teams and going out and celebrating and all those sorts of things. And, you know, being stuck to your screen at home you know, every day is, is hard enough. So actually maybe have it was a very smart decision of maybe splitting that role up so you could actually just share some of that responsibility so it just, you know, fundamentally doesn't crush you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was an ambitious decision, though. Like we, we, we've grown a hell of a lot since the last CCO and we intend to keep growing. So it's to make sure that we have that opportunity to, you know, to be there for the teams because if it was one of us, we'd be spread so incredibly thinly if we're in the office or if we weren't. So I think it's a, it's a smart move to, to be forward facing and, you know, keep potentially growing and improving. Yeah. It allows us, to, it allows us to be properly involved as well, you know, with, with the creative directors and the, and, and the work, you know, on a, on a daily and a weekly basis. So that, and, and, you know, the fact that there's two of us is, is a godsend to be perfectly honest, because it's, it's a massive, you know, we can lean on each other. Like you say, it's it's a different thing. Um, it's a different approach, and because of the world we now live in, it's um, it's a you know you need a, someone to rely on as well, which is <laughs> much appreciated a lot of the time. Yeah, <laughs> and I think we'll we'll get onto this a little bit later on in the podcast. We'll talk about that burden, guy. You kind of got the the ECD role round about the same sort of time yeah. as uh, Paul and John, right? Yeah, sounds like it. So yeah, around uh, just in the summer, really, uh, July time. So uh, not not long after the start of lockdown, sort of um, moving into the role and then sort of formally announced in 
in this in the summer so you know just just after the initial initial wave of covid when we when we're trying to get used to the idea of what this new world would be like and certainly echo a lot of the guys um you know thoughts there about about the kind of you know sort of mixed feelings around the opportunity obviously the, the excitement and the possibilities yeah and so let's go back a little bit um with your story then so sure. how, how when did you start mccann uh, so i've again that's kind of sound like quite similar timings actually because actually coming up i think um in about march april time i'll have been i'll just hit my decade actually at mccann oh, and really? mccann health so yeah so i've also just 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 done just about to do 10 years and and my i mean i kind of fell into health in, in some ways quite randomly i mean um you know going back a uh, a little bit, you know, my, my career started um, uh, at Abbot Mead Vickers AMV, and you know, we were with our path nearly crossed Shahid. We I think we missed each other by by about a year or so there. Well, interestingly, you started your career as an account person, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I was all I'd always been into advertising. You know, when I was a kid, I sort of memorised all my favourite ads and grew up, you know, kind of just being being obsessed with with. With advertising and did work experience at JWT in Manchester when I was sixteen, which was all kind of very exciting and a whole, whole new. Didn't really understand very much. It was a whole new world. And then, yeah, I got onto uh, AMV's graduate scheme straight out of straight out of um, out of college, um, and it was just a, you know an amazing experience. You know, I thought every I thought every first job was kind of like that. You know, um, uh, despite the fact that I was kind of you know realized very quickly it was it wasn't the right department of the agency for me to be in I was still you know working with you know I mean at the time I'm in the agency you know I watched this kind of Guinness surfer was being made worked very closely with some of those guys Tom Carty Walter Campbell Nick Worthington one of the first shoots I was involved with was with Spike Jones uh, for Wrangler and you know I look back now and think how incredibly privileged I was and how it, I thought every job was like that um um and and so you know I did that for um about four years and you know you know you know uh, you know was, apart from you know other amazing people you know David Abbott was still you know around the place at the time I was there which was which was amazing and his presence was kind of felt in everything we did and then I had to kind of if you like go out and retrain and learn I went to to Watford College um and interesting from the discussion I was listening on before I'm I'm very much in agreement of um of the idea of sometimes when you when you call yourself a copywriter or an art director um you can end up kind of limiting yourself you know i think you know certainly the the, the creative training i've had i mean I, I studied copywriting and art direction but certainly um if anyone um knows colleges like watford college and 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 the and the tutor there uh, tony collingham who was you know in his day a bit of a, a bit of a legendary teacher the, one of the first things he said was you know the second you kind of you call you put you put a name and a marker on on what you are you kind of limit yourself in other people's eyes and whilst I have always been you know more from a copy background I'm a copywriter you know uh, by training if you like um you know it's very very important I think I echo what the guys were saying it's very important to have you know when you're you know you're you know trying to inspire teams and you're you're trying to work and mentor young creatives to not to think of yourself um not as one specific discipline but as a conceptual creative thinker and i think in some ways that is maybe an older kind of mentality in the world of consumer and maybe a slightly newer mentality in the world of health that kind of you know kind of discipline agnostic creative just to pick up on that though i think i'm sort of with you guys when you say that but it's interesting your journey because when i mean i used to work at aberdeen vickers as well and in that environment it's very black and white you know you're either the writer 
or you're the art director. You know, David Abbott was the writer. You know, mm. Paul Belford was the art director. You know, Tom Carty was the writer. So, I mean, going from that very classic, disciplined world, it's almost like a dojo, isn't it? Of like mm. just learning from the best people in the world who were just within their own disciplines. It's not to say Tom Carty didn't have a an opinion on 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 the color of the horses or anything like that. But but going from that very disciplined world, go then going into Watford where it's a little bit more well you can do both. And interestingly, mm. I, I think when you're going into health, healthcare agencies, it almost I don't know, maybe I'm throwing this out as a question, but it, it is it not disciplined again because fine you can write to an extent but if you're not from a medical background mm. from an art director's perspective I mean I'm from an art director background so I can comment on this I mean I, I couldn't do that job I mean I could I could I could write a headline <laughs> I could maybe write a little bit of a strap but there's no way I could do that role so I mean how do you think that's still not the case or do you still think it's no you could still do both I think that, um, and I don't know, you know, what the guys, you know, experiences of this have been. I think that, you know, as the world, you know, one one of the things I I talk to people about all the time with regard to health in in the in the sort of decade I've been, you know, with McCann Health and seen so much change and so much growth in our agency. I think one of the things I say uh, is that I've never in my professional uh, career experienced a sector that is changing as fast as health and healthcare advertising is, and it literally is changing before your eyes. And I, and I say that in terms of the caliber of, of the work that we see coming out of the industry year on year, the caliber of people that we see. I mean, obviously, that's hugely exacerbated by, by COVID and, and the problems that that's caused, but the kind of people that we see kind of knocking on our doors um you know with their portfolios and looking for opportunities with us you know the 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 speed of change in this sector uh in this area is 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 incredible uh it's exciting it's dizzying it's 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 it's, it's really remarkable and a large part of that and i don't know if this has been the experience um that others have found is the influx of talent and of thinking um, from other areas, in particularly, you know, the world of, of, of traditional consumer advertising. And whilst I, I totally hear what you're saying around, you know, it's certainly, it's certainly the very, very old, you know, huge, powerful consumer agencies, there was very much, the, you know, the, the big personalities who were the copywriters and the big personalities of the art directors. I think what it does teach you is, is, the, is the fundamental importance of ideas, ideas more than anything. And I think that where, it, you know, you almost you can't have one without the other i don't think i don't think you can have the the you know the huge change we've seen and huge raising of the bar creatively in health um that we've seen over the last five you know seven ten years um without some of that thinking that it's the ideas first it's ideas first before you think about you know who does which part of it it's ideas 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 and i think you learn that to be honest, I think from anybody good, regardless of agency or discipline, you learn that from, from, from anybody good. And I think for me, the, to, to get slightly hand in hand, a sort of, um, you know, a, a raising of, if, I, if you like, a raising of, of the creative bar uh, and more comparable work in the world of health that you'd see anywhere across, you know, the, the field of advertising and the sense that maybe, you know, ideas come first rather than, you know, job descriptions or discipline so i think you know i think it's a bit of both i understand why you, i understand what you're saying you know there's that classic thing someone needs to write the headlines someone needs to do the pictures but for me what's most important more than anything else is is great ideas and, and great conceptual thinking regardless of where it comes from yeah 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 i mean just wanted to add to that it's i couldn't agree more with guy that 
the idea is king. You know, if we put the idea first and build a team around you that can execute and build the craft, but unless you have those sector changing ideas, we're not doing our jobs correctly and we need to push for those. But it's a really interesting question because we never advertise a job for someone that's a bit of everything or an ideas man. We need the disciplines you know, for your day-to-day work, you'll need your designers, your art directors, your writers to, to keep the agency afloat and, and, and bring the, the day-to-day work in. What we, we tend to do is not all of our creatives work in teams traditionally like we would in, like what I have done previously in consumer. It, it's it's picking and casting the right people for the right challenge. And sometimes it may be you put a creative mind with a digital mind, you know, a coder, or is it with, you know, a strategic person? So, it's just to echo what Guy was saying there. It's about adapting and change and making sure we're, we're open to that and we don't rely on what we've done in the past to get the same solutions. If we want to change the, the world of healthcare advertising, we need to be at the forefront of that and looking at new ways of doing things. You know, is it sometimes an individual can work on their own and come up with the best, or is it a team of people? And, and personally, I look at what the job is and the, and the talent we have and then and then work backwards from that. And I think that's really, it's a really interesting, uh, you know, uh, thing to to consider because actually when you see the speed of change, not just in healthcare, but obviously right the way across the communications industry um, in the way in which, you know, uh, communication generally has, has changed, you know, completely in the last, you know, couple of decades. And that's revolutionized, you know, every every aspect of the way in which we communicate to our audience. One of the last monoliths really to go, if you like, is the copywriter art director partnership. Because actually, you know, you know, whilst, you know, of course, it's, uh, uh, you know, everything that she's saying, particularly in the world of healthcare, you know, when you're dealing with, in some cases, you know, extremely technical and high science kind of challenges for an audience that expects an understanding of that, then the role of potentially, in some cases, you know, a, a writer who, you know, with a PhD or a science background or someone who understands, you know, they, they, those technicalities and um, is really important in the creation of the concept. But, but, you know, as you say, Paul, why, you know, if everything else that we do has changed, if the channels that we communicate through have changed and the way in which people consume advertising has changed, why do we still have, you know, the, these, you know, if you, you know, kind of this partnership idea that was forged in what, 1950s, 1960s, that you, that, that the idea should come up, should only be come up with by two people, one of whom is called a copywriter, one of whom is called an art director. So I absolutely embrace fully and it's, it's very much what we try and do a lot in terms of throwing different skill sets creative technology ux thinking whatever it might be into into the ideation process um because it feels like actually in some ways you know even just you know thinking about creative teams which is so often still you know such a great way to come up with concepts but in some ways you could argue that that's you know a, a traditional you know uh, paradigm that, that could be challenged as well because you know why do we still work in that way when everything else has changed yeah that's really interesting I, I didn't I didn't think we'd get onto teams but I mean are you saying you don't work in teams anymore traditionally uh, have us we haven't had not all of our creating department is teamed up we have one or two if we've employed them like that and you know just just to even embrace even more on that question we also have creative copywriters as well as medical copywriters so like for ideation and concepts teams do work well and you know that that well-trodden path and proven of bouncing ideas around each other works 
but we're also quite lean how we work and to be profitable and sometimes there'll be a, an individual creative can crack a brief on their own and get it through the door um to be honest where i find the the, the, the line the most blurry is when we're employing younger members of the team, the difference between their designer and an art director depended on the skill set we need. Now, traditionally, your art director is more conceptual. A lot of the work we do with, you know, the digital work, we need them to be able to design websites, sales aids, etc. So, but that's where the biggest challenge from from my own experience comes from. But to answer your question, Shahid, we we don't always necessarily employ just partnerships. We employ creative thinking, forward thinking people. We look at what the job is, what the brief is, and then we decide and cast the right the right way of working. What I personally like doing is not always having the same partnership. So I sometimes yeah. will mix up a very senior, very experienced person with a junior to help bring their development on. There's nothing better to, to learn than actually working with someone that's been there and done it and see how they approach a job. And I also feel that if you mix up the partnerships and the skill sets, you bring different personalities to the table, which comes with different work, different outlets. Yeah. And, and what, what's, what's interesting is that at this point, just to add on to what you're both saying, is that it's not either or. And that's, that's what's really quite key, actually, in what we've both found out, where you go, right, is it a team? Sometimes, Absolutely that sits and works on concepts. Is it one person? Is it, you know, a medical writer with an art director? Is it a copywriter sitting working with a developer? Yeah, sometimes it is. Sometimes we've paired up just two writers to work on stuff. So again, there's no, what I really love about it is not having a set way of doing things, but what's applicable and what gets the best work. And switching teams kind of at different phases of the job as well. Now, a lot of people would disagree with that because you go, well, ownership, responsibility and things. But if everybody's involved, you know, if there's a pool of people involved in the bigger jobs, you know, well, it's a big launch or concepts for, you know, kind of refreshes and things like that. It's just a really interesting way to have more than one or two teams of distinct disciplines working on it, because ultimately more diverse input more diverse output type of thing so i love the fact it's not one or the other it's a mix or it's not as well you know it's just a very fluid way that we're trying to work and again it's you know we have to balance budgets timings deadlines client requests all the all the usual stuff but i do really like the idea that there's nothing if an art director goes i've got this headline and it's better it's deemed better than what a copywriter has written or vice versa and then in a visual point of view, you go, right, let's use that because that's the best possible outcome that we've got at the minute, and we push on with that. So that that's what I think is super interesting, that, you know, because of the change in advertising and the change in the approach to reflect the change in how it's consumed, let's, let's do it differently in how it's actually created. I've sort of been on both sides of the table, so I've kind of, you know, had, had a partner for many, many years, and then, you know, for, for many, many years, I've always been working with multiple teams and I think I would certainly prefer the one where I'm working with different people all the time you know and even when you're putting teams together you know you can't expect originality if you're just putting the same people together to tackle the same problems you know and it's certainly as as media is changing and as, as audience are changing as well like you know if you're going to be talking to you know an 18 year old 
person with 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 a rare disease why would you not get that person involved in the in the ideation or the creative process or anything like that so i i think that the i'm really glad that you guys said that because you know and i didn't realize we were going down this road but i think the part of maybe the new generation and and this sort of new wave of leadership is bringing that sort of more pluralistic approach to creative problems it's not it's not looking at a problem and putting you know two two grumpy people together to just sort of kick a few ideas around because and you kind of know what you're going to get from it as well you know so anyway a lot of things we're doing is, is very much you know kind of that open we do a lot of, of rapid hacks and we do a lot of ways of bringing different skill sets and talents together uh in different ways and i think you know one of the things i always used to say about our industry is it, it's almost a contradiction before you've even started because I think that if you've got, you know, friends, as I'm sure we all have, who work in, in you know, in different parts of the media and, and different parts of the art world, particularly in the world of fine art or whatever it might be, the idea of, okay, obviously right now everyone's stuck at home, but, you know, in normal times, hopefully we'll return to them at some point where, where it, you know, a number of people are together in office. The idea of coming to the same building every day, as you quite rightly say, Shahid, looking at the same face across the desk and being expected to come up with a different idea every time and be fresh and still be fresh and still have a, a fresh point of view and uh, and come up with a you know a different approach and a different attitude and different food. In some ways, the whole thing is a contradiction because by going to the same desk with the same people, the same every day and, and trying to be different every time, it doesn't necessarily make any a, any sense. So I absolutely think that we're kind of duty bound to try and mix that um you know up you know which we do as i said a, a lot now within mccann health we kind of we, we kind of you know get together and hack ideas people from different disciplines bringing people in from outside uh, the agency or from different or different specialisms um and i think it's really it can only benefit you know the way in which we kind of think about you know creative ideation uh, in in general and i think as i say you almost you almost don't have any choice because the world and the way in which we consume media is so multifaceted and diverse now uh you need you know some of that multifaceted thinking going into it in order to create to create the you know the right results coming out i, I personally find it really interesting because i think it is also more agile as, as the guys also previously said you could have one person tackling a brief if, it, if that's what it calls for equally you could have a team of 10 you know if that's the right team you know you can it, it's a certainly it's it's the way the way the world is going so sorry we did digress a little bit <laughs> apologize um so you went to Watford and obviously Watford for those of you who don't know um maybe outside of the UK is is one of certainly one of the most um creative and, and leading advertising courses and I believe it's just a crash course isn't it guy so it's a 12-month crash course for people anyone can go on it whether you've done a degree or not done a degree it just gets you yeah. portfolio ready within a year yeah I said so what did you do you went from Watford to where did you go after Watford then um so I spent four years working at an agency in Soho uh which was great doing lots of uh all consumer doing lots of um Lots of broadcast um, TV and radio work, which was which was really you know exciting at the time, and then later on getting into kind of digital audio and and working for I was involved with um, Spotify when Spotify set up in the UK, making the first set of campaigns for them. And as I say, coming from this background, sort of almost kind of fell into health, kind of um, kind of by accident, really. I know um, um, again, Shahid. And Shahid's path and my path crossed, crossed for a short time um, at Langland, where 
where Shahid was at the time, and and we worked there t- together for a short time. And then, and as I say, it was 2011, just coming up for 10 years. Um, I began, you know, uh, working at McCann Health, and I originally started at McCann Health um, working purely on consumer, consumer health, um, uh, consumer health brands, anything from from you know social and digital work in consumer health right the way through to to, to TV. TV ads um, for OTC brands, and you know, then moved you know gradually into the, more into the world of RX and, and healthcare generally, uh, until a point you know over the last two three years where I was kind of um, running a division, creatively leading a division of McCann Health, uh, which had grown hugely in the time you know in the sort of ten years since I've been at the agency, it's grown I don't know three or four times um over um and i was running a division as i say running you know uh, spanning all the way across from from some um from uh, big large rx brands right the way through to, to otc and, con- uh, and consumer brands uh, and this division itself had become bigger than the whole agency was when i when i joined so so i guess the ecd role you know felt like the next natural step let's talk a little bit about the transition because i always think because i've obviously gone through it myself and that we've sort of mm. you know we've heard from from paul and John, I just want to go through your journey a little bit because I think I just want to see if there are any connections and and feelings because I think being in lockdown is so different to when you're not in lockdown. Getting such a big, you know, such a such an amazing thing to happen within your within your own life and your own career. Talk mm. us through about how it happened. You know, um, were you, were you groomed for this role? Did you have to apply for it? Did somebody just call you up one day and just knight you and put the phone down? How, what happened? Yeah, a little mix of all of the above, really, in, 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 a, in, a, in a kind of a mix. So, I mean, um, there was actually, you know, a formal, a formal, you know, internal interview process. Uh, again, all com- all conducted remotely. But you know, um, as as as, as um, and many people listening to the podcast will know, um, uh, McCann Health globally um, appointed a new uh, chief creative officer, Matt Eastwood. Uh, I think. Um, about two and a half, about two and a half, coming up for two and a half, three years ago. Who's who's based in New York? Who um, who is kind of our north star for the whole the whole of the network, and is a uh, is a, is an amazing character and tremendously inspirational character for all the all the all, all the leadership uh, uh, around the world. Um, and um, you know, we we began conversations at the point when you know the ECD, ECD role was was going to become available. As I said, there was a, a kind of a you know. A, a uh, singing for your supper interview uh, process to go through. <laughs> Interestingly, just you don't have to answer if you don't want to. But what what did you have to do? Because I find it quite interesting. It's it's fair enough if you've got to interview for a job at a new agency. But how do you interview for an agency you've been working at for ten years? It's interesting. It's very interesting, and I think that, and I don't know if this was at all had you know there's any relevance in in in, in this for for the guys on the call. But I think. Um, you know, you have to, you have to, you, you, you know, you're bound to treat it. It's a formal process, so you're bound to treat it with a degree, uh, a huge amount of, of formality. So you have to approach, and it's so interesting, you know, for all those people who are doing job interviews and all the people who I'm, you're currently interviewing during lockdown. You know how you kind of prepare for an interview, how you dress for an interview. Um, um, especially someone can, no one can see you from the waist downwards, so you can be wearing whatever you like, I guess. Um, but I think, you know, how, you know, and, and trying to get that, you know, uh, because as, as I said, you know, with the, with the, um, with the little things you miss, you know, um, 
uh, being in the office, there's also those little things, I guess, that you miss even preparing for a job interview, you know, the kind of traveling to the interview and the waiting in the waiting in the lobby or the reception and that little bit of adrenaline. Well, when you're doing it all yeah. in your lounge, it's kind of, it's a different, different kind of scenario, right? So what did you have to do? Did you have to, did they give you a brief? Do, like um, you had to come up with some ideas? What, what was it? A little bit of that, just talking about plans, ambitions, proposals. Uh, you know, as I said, you know, it's a, it's a formal interview process with people you know very well. So obviously, extremely, extremely strange uh, in some ways, but completely natural and, and relaxed in others. Um, and you know, just talking about the future, you know, um, um, and you know, hopes, dreams, ideals, that kind of thing. And um, and you know, one thing, you know, and another, you know, eventually. Um, the decision was made, you know, um, uh, for me to step up into into the ECD role. How did you feel? Um, I thought, you know, you know, like the guys, you know, uh, elated, excited, slightly daunted at the po- at the at the at the at the, at the, uh, at the possibilities ahead. Particularly, you know, again, you know, if you've got that opportunity to to bring everyone together into into the into the big meeting room or into the the main atrium of the agency and you know and have a formal kind of like you know congrats moment that uh, you know that that has a sort of that has a a, a rhythm and a, and a and a and a and an order to it that everyone kind of recognizes from every work environment and without doing that you're doing all that remotely it feels a bit strange i also echo very much with um uh, what the guys were saying earlier about um, I'm not sure I felt, you know, you know, gu- you know, hugely guilty, but certainly very, very aware that, you know, this is happening at a time when, you know, uh, agencies are shedding um, a lot of employees, furloughing. We're very fortunate at McCann Health. We didn't ne- need to furlough anybody at all uh, during the year last year, but we're, you know, we're very aware that, that that's happening right away across the industry. So, you know, you know, it is, it was, you know, it, to that extent, it's a slightly muted celebration and as much as you know um um you know you don't want to you know you you know there are there is it is a tough tough world out there and whilst in health i think you know we're busier than ever and i'm sure the guys will probably echo that we're certainly busier than ever in, in mccann never 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 known a year like it in terms of in terms of just how busy we were in mccann health last year at the same time you know an awareness that you know um some of our our friends across the world, you know, of advertising are going through tough times. So it's slightly muted from that point of view, but also from the point of view of, you know, just getting on with it. So much to do when you've been, as I have, you know, in an agency for 10 years and to an extent watching things from the sidelines, you know, I'm impatient to get started and get moving and there's so much to do. So, so uh, you know, a, a very short uh, celebration. Yeah. And, and John and, and Paul, did you have to go through a, a, any form of interview process for your roles? Um, so how do we put this? We, we both were having very long, frequent conversations with um, the CEO or the president, Liz, and, and the, some of the partners. And it dawned on us that there were interviews. <laughs> um, kind of... After like the second or third one, I was like, hold on a second. Um, I should probably, you know, think about what I'm saying here. So, so no, it was, it felt more natural and it felt more of a big conversation that took place over maybe a couple of weeks uh, between, yeah, with the, with 
both sides, you know, with, with both of us. And then it was, we were both told and it was like, all right, this, this now all makes sense and feels really good, but great. We've got a lot of work to do, you know? So it was, a, it was again, because we've been there for so long and we know the people so well, and it, 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 there was a natural thing to it, but again, it wasn't taken for granted and it wasn't assumed that it would be me and PK, you know, it was, we both wanted it, of course. And we, you know, we worked our whole careers to, to try and get the chance to be able to to take the role on, but it it, it became a a big long discussion, you know, covering basically all the things Guy touched on, you know, the hopes, dreams, ambitions, you know, going to conquer the world in this way, and we're going to change these little things internally, and 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 just shake it up a little bit, and that was part of the whole conversation, and 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 going forward, you know, the the other side of it, the 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 MDs in the company and. The, the guys that are driving, you know, the that commercial part of the business have got huge ambitions as well. So it had to match theirs. It had it had to feel right. It had to fit together. Um, and yeah, and here we are, type of thing. So I don't know if PK, you've got anything to add from from your point of view, but that's kind of how it felt <laughs> when we went through it. It was sort of that realization, probably three four hours in, that we are actually being interviewed. The way that they phrased it to us is. You know what, what? What do you feel we should be doing next, and and how 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 can we do that? And we had you know passionate conversations about the agency, and you know being truly transparent. My first hour or two of talking with the board was generally what's the best interest for the creative department and for the agency, rather than realizing and thinking what's best for myself. Um, and then it did sort of become more transparent that they're probably interviewing a few people, but this is their way of interviewing self and John because they know us and we know the agency so it was in some ways it was the right way for me and the nice way to do it because we as well as being working from home and, and COVID happening we're, we've also restructured from a senior point of view and the leadership point of view there's a lot of change and it allowed us to think about you know what is best for the agency and rather than by getting nervous and thinking you're being interviewed it allowed you to think holistically and broader and, and really look towards the future. And, you know, I enjoy working at Lynx. I think we're incredibly lucky what we've had and what we've built. And with all this change, it's about how do we maintain it? And one of the things that make I believe makes us special is, is the culture. So there was a lot of fresh challenges and it gave us, I mean, I, I don't know about yourself, John, because I didn't sit in in your conversations, but it gave us a lot to talk about. It was almost a nice time to be in those sort of interviewed conversations because, there was a lot of fresh challenges and there was a lot of things to put a creative mind towards and you know how do we address those how do we look after our people how do we build and maintain our culture were all things I would have been thinking with or without a job role being offered as well so it was just an interesting time and in some ways like I said before a lucky time not just because we're fortunate to have roles like this the three of us but also in the timing but but more so in my opinion it excites me that the world's changing from a creative point of view. It's a blank layout pad for us to to come with new approaches and see how we can, you know, forge forward with new ideas. Yeah, it, it was uplifting because you go, well, what if we tried this? Or have we thought about doing it this way? You know, because now nothing's off limits type of thing. You know, we all know when you work in an agency, there's systems, structures and things in place and you go, you, you try your best to, 
get around and develop that and move them on, make them bigger. But when the lockdown happened initially in, in the house, everything was up for grabs, so to speak, in terms of process, how we tackle problems, how we speak with clients, how we bring people together, because it was all new. So I found that quite liberating in many ways as part of that process to go, what if we done this or have we, you know, what about getting all these people together to do this in a different way and we could be part of that. So again, it became quite an exciting opportunity and quite an exciting challenge to take on. And um, dare I say it, it still is. <laughs> I think that's amazing. And let, let's, um, let's open this up then. Let's pick this apart. Cause I think, you know, you've, you've, we've gone through a little bit of uh, a very quick journey of, of all of your guys progression to the top role you've all sort of been knighted over teams and uh, you've had a good old drink at home on your own <laughs> or whatever <laughs> let's talk about what next right I mean do you all of a sudden go away do you decompress what's just happened and then do you then go right you know we're going to we're going to make a list of goals or we're going to make, make a list of ambitions and I'm going to put a time scale to it or do you just go fuck it, I'm just going to see what happens and make the best of it. Because I think the most interesting thing around your particular agencies, as I said in the intro, is that you have an amazing creative reputation around the world. And I think it's very different if, you know, when you're work going into an agency that's got zero reputation creatively and it's not too successful from a financial level, actually experimenting with something that you can't actually fuck up is really easy because no one makes a di- it doesn't make a difference whether it works or not because no one really notices. And I just want to sort of throw it back to you guys in terms of, you know, the reputations that you guys already have over the number of years. Has that, has that, has that impacted the way that you're going to approach what you do next? I'm throwing this open, yeah. very open question. I mean, quick, quickly from my point of view, yeah, because although there's a safety in that, there's a pressure in that as well because you have to not only maintain it, you have to beat it. And that's, me and PK have talked quite a lot about this in, in terms of I don't just want to maintain it. You know, it's it's great of have won the stuff we've won and, and have the reputation, but it, wouldn't it be even better to build on that and do something unexpected and great are in and so there's a there's a strange pressure there's an it's it's that nice pressure that comes with going okay we've got this far let's keep going you know and 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 seeing how we can change you know the the thought process without you know completely fucking it up to be perfectly honest um because you know when when you go there's no creative reputation there there's no uh big financial success there it doesn't matter if you fuck it up. Mm. If if we mess this up, it really matters <laughs> because there's so much there. Do you know what I mean? So it it becomes yeah. that the the opposite almost, which is uh, which is fascinatingly terrifying, <laughs> but brilliant. But from from my point of view, like slightly different answer, really. So I, I don't feel it, you know that there is that weight of you know what we've achieved as as a company. But John and I were very much part of that, so I don't feel the pressure of that. We, we helped and you know led with with Tom in that to, to, for that achievement. Where I feel a greater pressure and, and and almost opportunity is the spotlight on the world is on health. So a few of us on this call have worked in consumer first, and I don't know about you guys. I got a little bit tired of where we start comparing to consumer, or you know it, it's good for healthcare, or it's not been done in healthcare but it has in consumer. 
And that, that, that for me, isn't the way to be going. And I'm excited because the world's looking at healthcare at the moment with what's happened with COVID, what's happening with the vaccines. And when I feel we all should have the pressure is the responsibility of pushing the creative now. We've got an opportunity to bring the right people in. We've got an opportunity to push boundaries and make sure that we're leading the creative landscape rather than following consumer. Everybody's going to care about their health more. Everybody's looking at science now. It's a hot topic, and that's a great opportunity for every one of us on this call and everyone listening because that's where the pressure should be, is to grasp that. For, for myself, it's about fulfillment in my role and what I bring to my team and them as individuals and their fulfillment and if we can all produce work you know in our own agencies but across more importantly across the industry that pushes the creative limits that brings our clients to our you know our shared ambition of wanting to do the best possible creative work because at the end of the day what we're selling is far more important than a pair of trainers a bottle of whiskey and all the things that we used to sell in our previous jobs so Personally, that's where the pressure is for me. If we think about just pure creative standards, the agency standards will rise with it, and and it all follows on from that. I mean, just just to come in on that, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Echo a lot of what both of you uh, said. I mean, in terms of you know what John was saying, I mean, you know, put put simply, uh, I personally feel you know. Uh, to, to a degree, pressure is a good thing. I'm sure there's lots of psychiatrists and psychologists who would disagree, who would disagree with that and say it's in some ways it's not you know it's not good to live under pressure all the time. But pressure is a good thing. Pressure to uh, to achieve. I think I would like to think that most people who come into our industry and certainly who who achieve something in our industry are kind of self motivators, self starters, and are the kinds of people who don't need you know uh, necessarily a huge pressure on them to, to to do good things and to do their best work, but. I think that meeting or maintaining high standards um, is a good thing because I think it gets you out of bed in the morning and, and, and gives you something to shoot for. Not not only what are you doing, you know, what can you do differently and what can you do, what how can you make your mark and, and change things, but equally how do you maintain all the good uh, that's already there and and uh, and whilst McCann help interesting to hear the guys talk about the size of, uh, of your department. I know that size isn't everything, but I think I dream of, I dream of not being able to know how many people are in the department, <laughs> in, my, in my department. I mean, we are, you know, we are, uh, we're, we're not as large a, a, a department as John and Paul uh, have, although, you know, our reputation, uh, as you say, Shahid, you know, is extremely uh, a, a strong one. And, and that that's something, you know, that, you know, just like the guys I've been, I've been very proud to be part of for the last decade or so, and I'll be very proud. To keep to keep maintaining, but moving on onto the the point that the Paul made, I, I really couldn't agree more, and it's something I talk about a huge amount, and 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 I kind of quite grandly uh, to, uh, call it the promised land theory, which which is a very which is a very fancy name for something that that might sound a bit more basic than that, which is that you know you know the industry owes an awful lot to an, a huge number of of people you know who led over the last you know. 10 to 15 years who've been at the vanguard of change in in health and one of them hosts this particular podcast here uh, a huge amount to, to creative leaders who, who've, who've forged a path and built a platform and, I've, and i think i've said elsewhere you know to a certain extent you know this new generation of vcds is, is standing on their shoulders and i would i would definitely include you in that um uh, shaheed but i think that the most interesting thing about the time we're in right now uh, in terms of the, you know, as you quite rightly say, um, the fact that this is now 
the area that everybody's talking about. You go, you know, if you go on social media, everyone's talking about vaccines and and for good and for bad. Everyone's talking about vaccines and science and and and, and how and how this this is not just you know potentially an interesting area. It's the thing that everyone's talking about, and it's become the focus. Um, one of our challenges now is that you know how do we? This is why I said I kind of call it the promised land theory. How do the people who worked so hard to make health advertising get to where it's got to and, and be as attractive and dynamic and interesting and a creative space that it is. How do we protect ourselves from some of the more traditionally, if you like, larger and better resourced and better, bigger set up infrastructures from, you know, to a certain extent, you know, eating our lunch. You know, we did a, a pitch. I did a, a pitch with um, our New York office recently for a diabetes product and we were pitching against Droga 5. And, you know, uh, you know, and that, that kind of, that kind of shows you, you know, you look at the, look at the health and wellness, look at, just t- take a look through any of the last few years of, of the health, you know, of, of the winners in the health and wellness lines. These aren't healthcare agencies who are, you know, you know, it's the assembled might of all, you know, big advertisers and big agencies uh, around the world now who are in our space and competing to do the best work in that space and our pressure or challenge you know as john and paul quite rightly say is is not necessarily uh you know just internal pressure to maintain the reputation of our agencies how do we make sure that you know to a certain extent having been part of the change in health that we continue to lead the change in health and we don't have you know if you like other agencies showing up and 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 doing the and doing the interesting stuff now that we've now that we've reached this incredible part of 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 of, of maturity in 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 the healthcare industry's you know life stage, so I think that's the I completely agree. That's the pressure we've got to keep being the best at what we do because otherwise other people are going to want to. Yeah, I mean, I, I think having that north star and the promised land is 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 great. It's really fantastic. I just wanna, I just wanna go back a little bit if you don't mind, and I just wanna. I mean, John, you, you you sort of, I think you touched on it really well. Like you were obviously very sort of open with, with the pressure and the reputation. What does it feel like really, honestly, when you go from a CD role to now the top role? Because I've been there and I, I, I can, I could probably bore you to death <laughs> with, with what I, what, what I felt. And I can't imagine how, how much more difficult it would have been if I'd have been in, in, in a lockdown environment. I mean, Genuinely, how did you feel? Did you feel lonely? Did you feel um, anxious? Or was it just, no, fuck it, this was mine to have. I'm just going to go and fucking do it. I mean, just talk to us about that transition, because I think we, we can all reflect that when we were much younger and sort of coming out of college or whatever and getting our first jobs. The, the, the ambition is always to run your own creative department and you always think you can do it and you always it's always there at the moment you you get into it from day one or you're in it for the first month or so how did it feel and and how different was it to to how you thought it was going to be and fair enough you know you've 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 painted a lovely picture about what you're going to do and of course you're going to do it but I I just think just focusing on that moment in time would just really help a lot of people just prepare prepare themselves for it because I can tell you from my own experience nothing prepared me for my first three months because it was just so different the feelings <laughs> what I was exposed to what you know it's all it's all good and well saying you know we've got a creative vision we're going to do this we're going to make it better of course you are and everyone 
does and, and goes through that. But when you get into your position, all of a sudden there's another door that they let you into. And all of a sudden you're you're now in HR meetings. Now you're looking at at finances. Now you're now you're kind of responsible for financial targets. You know, there's so much more to the job than than maybe you thought it was you know, back at college. So if, if that's okay, if, if you're okay with that and comfortable, I don't want to bring up any sort of unnecessary emotions. <laughs> but but I, I think it would just be really interesting for a lot of people listening who are very early in their career just to, to get your, your, your take on that. So I think, I think it's a really, really good and really big question, right? And anybody that tells you that, that it, it isn't daunting is quite frankly full of it. Because... It, you go through the whole range, don't you? It's like elation, then absolute despair, and then everything in between. Because, like you say, you have to. You, you, there's so much more to consider. Now, the lucky thing was in our roles because we've had to head up like subdivisions or sub teams. There's a there's a there's a management level we were both on before we were made CCOs anyway, which you you are duly responsible for creative financial growth of that business unit and all so so you you have a bit of exposure to that and you have a bit of understanding of you know forecasting and budgets and etc etc um so 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 that puts you put us both in in good stead for that side of it but in all honesty the it, it you go through that thing of going i wonder if other people think we can do this and then you go through that thing of going, oh my God, people think we're rubbish, or people. And then you go, well, I don't care. And then you, it, it, so you swing obviously quite a lot, or I do personally, between trying to think of eventualities and all the things that you're now responsible for. But I think it's natural, and I think it's good to feel, and I let myself feel like that because if you want to block something or just blindly push it away, you probably wouldn't deal with it, and you pro- it would probably you know, it's hungry, hungry dogs in the cellar, isn't it? You know, if you don't feed them, they'll get out and bite you type of thing. So, so you have to you have to take notice to all of the things that are coming your way, good or bad, and just kind of discuss it and figure it out. You know, it's I'm a massive believer in, you know, kind of creativity to get, can get around anything to a degree, you know, and, and the fact there's two of us in, in, in it together has been a huge help in all honesty. Um, because you very quickly understand the other person's probably feeling something similar, whether they're saying it or not. Um, but but it's it's a huge range, you know. And I'm I'm genuinely quite open and honest about this stuff because I think I've never had that from anybody else. To be honest and open and, and t- chat through it, so it, it's like, well, why not? Yeah, everybody's human. Everybody, nobody's invincible and can do everything themselves and take everything on and. You know, the folks that espouse all the other stuff about, you know, brilliance and getting up at 4 a.m. and jogging 20 miles before a day's work, it's like, bugger off, man. You know, I'm going to, most days I don't even put my pants on. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not, I don't buy into all that stuff one bit. I just get up and get on with it. In in the getting on with it is the bit that makes us feel, right, well, I've got a handle on this and we can, we can tackle it. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's just getting on with stuff, you know, and, and there's enough talented, I mean, there's some very, very talented people in the agency um, that we can lean on. And and so we have done. And and we've asked a lot of questions. We've we've 
dug into that people's experience and try to figure it out for our own. Um, and so, yeah, in all honesty, it's a huge shift from what we were doing to what we are now. But we've got a good team and we've got good CDs in the agency that are our friends, you know, not just folks that we work with. So I hope and I think they understand that. Um, but they're bought into what we're trying to do, you know, because it's what they're trying to do ultimately, which is just really good work on a, on a daily basis. <laughs> That's the thing, John, you just touched on there for me. It's, it's not the pressure I feel on us. It's protecting our team. It's like that these people that we class as friends, where, where I think John and I have got a really, and I think from listening to Guy the same, we've come through the ranks. We've not just been brought in from somewhere else and come straight in as CCOs. We've been on the front line with our teams. We've been doing the late night pitches. We've been doing the creative work with them. And that's got pros and cons. You know, These are people we really care about and the, the responsibilities for them really it's making sure we still provide an environment that's got ambition and, and a culture that they enjoy working in it and in a really strange time but for, for your question Shahid, I actually found and I don't know if that's because I'm in the bubble of my living room rather than the office I actually found my first step up to CD more daunting than, than I have at the moment I remember being sat listening to a briefing and I don't know about the rest of you guys in my head I'm still 26 a little bit more experience of what I'm doing and I'm sat there listening to I'm listening to this briefing and I'm thinking this is bullshit someone needs to sort this out and about two minutes later the penny dropped that that person that needs to sort it out was me but I wasn't used to it being me and, and I actually I feel lucky that we we have that opportunity rather than pressured because I really care about what we do I think we're incredibly lucky to have anyone that works in any creative industry and gets paid is a lucky person, in my in my opinion. And the, the opportunity to make sure we protect that and that we can guide it, it it's not necessarily like a, a, a stressful pressure, but an enjoyable pressure because there's a buzz and a, and a, a reward we get from doing what we do. And as I've gone up the ranks a little bit, I've found that watching juniors develop is even more rewarding than watching yourself. You know, when you that that new dynamism and energy that they bring to the table and and that quick spike of learning that you see uh, that's so rewarding that's where the pressure is is to look after those to make sure that we pave those opportunities out and we 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 develop the next generation of decent creatives and if you're asking Shahid, you know what you know what, what advice you can give to people who are early in their careers what, what to expect and how to prepare i think you know uh, uh, you know and paul's touching on it then it's about trying to remember what it is you love about the industry. And yeah. what, what you know, I think we all love and certainly what I love about the industry is, you know, that, that passion, you know, ideas, being able to motivate, mentor and inspire other people. Because, of course, I agree a thousand percent with the notion. And I've, I've said this for a long time. that I get as much pleasure, if not more, fulfillment and satisfaction from growing and seeing other people, you know, realize their, their creative potential because so many people have such phenomenal creative potential. I get so much pleasure from that, you know, that that's an accolade for me as much as winning, you know, if not more so than winning a, a creative award. 
for a piece of work. And I think if you remember, if you're constantly remembering why you got into this industry, the, the craft, the you know, the, 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 the you know, uh, ideas that we all that we all love that motivate us, and being able to have a say in how that works, being able to dictate, you know, get your vision across as to what you see creativity being, and bring people along in that vision and inspire people in that vision. Not just in the creative department, by the way. One of the things we're doing now is bringing the whole agency together once a month, which we never used to do to have you know, to provoke discussions around what creativity means particularly people from disciplines that may be a bit traditional further away from creativity like the, you know the scientists and the pharmacists and the, and the phds and, and the strategists you know but you know you get, bring the whole agency together to talk about what creativity means and, and and provoke that discussion if you if you if you have that passion if you have that energy you can always see beyond the pressures and beyond the day-to-day and that you know and and you have the opportunity as I say, to motivate, to inspire, to bring people along, you know, with a single vision of, of, of what's important to you. And that, I hope you can always find energy um, and motivation in that because that's, you know, that's the best bit. Totally. And I think what what I picked up from what you all said, and I think it's it's an absolute mark of, of leadership. And I think when you know you're ready for that role is when it's not really about you anymore and, and your, your real pleasure is just you know watching other people's success and I think that was I mean that's obviously taken you guys a very short amount of time it took me I think when I got the role a good year to work that one out (laughs) it was like you know you want to do every brief and you know when you're working as an art director you're kind of just you know you're jumping on every opportunity and you're just there going I can't do this anymore it's not about me it's about these other people but obviously you guys are much smarter than I ever was so well done (laughs) so that was great um so let's talk a little bit about what are you actually going to do to make your mark and and make your agencies bigger and better that's something that's always been been very important to me and i know you know shahid you and i've discussed it a lot over the years is that you know you know certainly in the world of health um the path for young people to come you know straight into the world of creativity and health has been a little bit more complicated and convoluted than maybe it had been traditionally in in the world of consumer advertising partly because of what you were talking about before shaheed that you know that traditionally it's been felt that you need you know a science background in some cases or science skills you know to come into to be a creative although obviously as we discussed maybe less so uh, these days but i think you know um there certainly hasn't been the conveyor belt um from if you like the sort of top uh, advertising colleges or, or, or schools of learning straight into the world of health um you know traditionally and certainly when i when i joined mccann health um a lot of the creatives were shall we say of a different vintage <laughs> um, um and and one of the things that's been absolutely I've, I've always been you know an absolutely fervent believer in is that an agency is only as strong as its pipeline of young talent i mean just you know that's absolutely you know a, a given for me and so you know i've been working you know for a long time actually quite a long time before uh, getting the ecd role on uh, building a program which has actually now become a global program it was a london um uh, an initiative, initiative run out of london and New York for McCann Health, and it's now a global program. Um, uh, it's called Ignite, um, and it's not, it's about you know bringing uh, not just young talent, but but trying to sort of push our our, our boat out further and spread our and cast our net wider in terms of uh, a kind of the kind of people that we bring into the world of healthcare advertising. Because for everything that, that that we were chatting about before about how this is the place everyone wants to be and how exciting it is, we also need to reflect that in our recruitment and in the way we search for our talent. The the line, if you like, the strap line um, 
uh, for our Ignite program is ideas can come from anywhere and so can our talent. And that is exactly what we believe. And that's why we're working. It's a program that, that, that takes on um, uh, four, four young people um, every three months. Um, uh, some of them come, you know, via uh, you know, some semi-traditional, you know, advertising you know, backgrounds, but um, we work, we're also working with some of the leading diversity organisations in the UK, including people like Creative Access. So I don't know if any of you guys have had uh, any contact with who are a fantastic organisation who deal with um, uh, the challenges that people from diverse backgrounds, and, and, and that's not just, you know, uh, socioeconomic backgrounds, that's also kind of geographically diverse as well. So, you know, bringing people from outside of London uh, into into more into the more, of the, you know, traditionally London-centric or South, Southeast-centric industry. Um, we work with organisations, a number of organisations, DNAD, Shift, Creative Access, and others, um, in terms of, of, of bringing together uh, the best pool of diverse talent we can, uh, bring them in um, uh, as, a, as a group of four for three months at a time. As I say, this, this program happens simultaneously in London and New York. They work on, on briefs together in London and New York, including global health initiative briefs. Um, we had, you know, um, uh, for instance, one of our teams last year working on a brief for gun safety in the US, which is a fantastic opportunity for for. Um, for um uh for young people in the uk to be working on um certainly in light of some of the stuff that's going on stateside at the moment um and and um it's a, it's you know we embed you know, young and diverse talent in the heart of our agency so they can see what we do we can see more uh, about them and, and it's and it's and it's and it's to become a pipeline for for bringing young talent into the creative department uh, as we go forward and it's going to be one of our main main hiring platforms so that's a huge part of of my focus and has been you know since since quite a long time before I actually um, stepped up into, into, into ECD role about refreshing and, and bringing in a young and diverse talent into the department. Apart from that, uh, a number of different, you know, a number of different things, but, you know, but I think the main thing, uh, as I touched on earlier, is, is bringing the whole agency together behind a single creative vision. Uh, because, you know, you know, everybody, you know, as, as we all know, have worked on it, you know, a, a no campaign happens. I think that there had been, Partly because of the the growth in McCann Health, we've we've grown very very quickly over the last five six years. As I said, doubled, tripled, quadrupled in size, and that means a lot of new people and sometimes quite siloed thinking. You know, so the the creative department was very much seemed to be owning the creative product and very proud of the creative product, but it was very much set you know within the creative department and maybe there were some kind of invisible walls up between the creative department and some of the other departments. I'm really a big part of my focus is getting the whole agency to feel ownership of, um, you know, you know, excitement for and some responsibility for the success of the creative product, which, as I say, that's why we bring bringing the agency together to discuss some of these issues on a more regular basis um, and hoping to keep everybody involved in the process, which ties right back to what we were discussing about in the first in the first few moments of the podcast around around, you know, being a bit more loose in how we come up with ideas. So I think it's about bringing young people in to, you know and youth and energy and about making everyone feel part of the process they're they're two of my main focuses yeah i mean it's a pleasure to hear that guy I and mean, there's there's a lot of overlap to what john and i are working on at the moment there and i think it comes back to as you've just said the way that we approach ideas if we keep doing the same thing we're going to keep coming up with the same solutions and get tired very quickly so we're also looking at our pipeline and you know and, and dni with an incentive we call Have Us Health and Youth. And we've been working with a lot of charities like Project Inc., Fuse Manchester, the Ideas Foundation, Creative Resource. 
which if we keep employing the same people, the industry isn't going to change. And we want all John and I want is the best work, the best ideas. And if we can help people's young people's lives come into the industry, will they'll also help us to refresh it and give us, you know, new opinions and new ideas. I remember with my own, you know, entry into advertising coming from the north, I was offered a year's placement in London. And I couldn't afford to live in London, so it shut that door for me. So there's lots of, you know, and I'm from a, a privileged background, so one of the things we want to look at addressing, not just from, from our own agency point of view, but maybe from an industry as a whole, is the entry system into advertising. You know, there's a lot of people go to universities and get into a lot of debt. And to be honest, if we could get them at a younger age and we can teach them in our own departments, they're probably going to be, better qualified for what we need them to do and in less debt. It also opens up the opportunity to far more people uh, when we look at, you know, social economics and being more diverse with that. So, you know, that that's something high on John Mind's agenda is to make sure that we keep pushing this and that we we open the door to everybody so that we can change the type of people that work in the industry so we can change and improve the ideas that come out of it. We've already had some success with that. We've got some permanent members of staff in the creative department and we've we've got this new apprentice system where we're getting you know similar to guy where we're taking on you know a set amount a year and we're watching their careers develop which is great and the other similarity with what guy said is something that john and i really passionately believe in and that's where a lot of our energy goes to is breaking down the glass walls um between the departments we we really believe in collaboration if if there's a a bit of a hangover with creatives and egos and awards and it's a creative product. One of the first things we really want to address is a shared ambition so we can have a, sh- a shared success. You know, a lot of our great work comes from brilliant insights that our science team have given us, that our strat team have found out, you know, we need our client services to build those relationships. So if we can build a, a, an agency model where we feel that we're all on the same path and we all want the same thing, I believe that the output of that will be better creative work. But to do that, we're not solely looking at the creative department. It's almost readdressing, you know, the, is that dated in itself, calling it a creative department? You know, that's that's question number one. We're a creative agency. And by that, I mean every single person that comes, well, that used to come through that door that now opens their screen has a creative ambition. And, and at the same time, our creative minds have a business ambition, and that we're, we can align and work off each other. There's so many talented people that John and I are surrounded with, and it's making sure we keep them inspired. It's making sure that we build ambition for them, and they can see that we've got their career progression in our hands, and we're looking after it. And the best way to do that is is to collaborate and to work together as one agency. I think that's really smart. I think that's really clever. I mean, you know, I think you're so right. I think the the sort of old model of agencies was everyone's got their a different agenda, haven't they? Obviously, you've got people who are very sort of financially driven and you've got people who are very creatively driven. And those two things <laughs> sometimes sit in different directions. But by kind of having a shared value and shared targets is really great, actually. I mean, it'd be interesting to see if at any point when when they have like financial targets, they also have creative targets as well and everyone gets rewarded on on both they have to one of the things i'm proudest of the teams that we've worked with in the past is our organic growth you know when you do great work and you over service 
your clients and, and you have the reputation that we've slowly built up, you know, it's a brilliant place where work comes to you, where you pitch for one piece of business and you leave with three or four. You know, that what we sell is a creative product, but there's a lot that comes behind that, the strategic, the relationship, the day-to-day management. We, we need to see that as one thing and, you know, one product that we're all proud of and we're always looking to improve. I, I personally, you know, from, from my first CD job, if I heard any creative call them accounts service, you know, client service or account suits, I got about as angry as I got um, because I, I hate that click of us and them because it's counterproductive. You know, some of we were talking about partnerships before. Some of my most success in in, in healthcare is by building partnerships with strategists. It's knowing what I'm not good at. You know, I'm not a scientist. I'm good at marketing and advertising. And so I surround myself and I bolt onto people that are great at the science or great at the strategy. And I learn from them and I share with those and we collaborate. And I want to sort of bring, you know, and I know John does too, bring more of that into, into the industry because it is evolving, it is changing, and it is a really exciting time to be doing this. But the way that we'll succeed is to do it together, all of us, you know, from from front of house all the way through to CCOs, it's, a, you know, what's our culture, what's our ambition and how are we collectively going to get there? Yeah. And and ju- just on that kind of partnership thing, one, one of the other initiatives that we've been looking at to kind of drive and kind of carve out what, you know, we're both going to do at the agency is a, is something called health for all. So it's kind of what we ultimately wanted to be is like an open platform that's, bigger outside of the agency which is in partnership with external companies suppliers even other agencies dare we say it but it's about a a platform to be able to address kind of inequalities within healthcare so whether they're from client briefs or whether you know that's spotted from a strategic point of view of going actually you know this product or this campaign is the client's problem but there's a bigger thing at play here now, one, you know, and, and do we address it through campaigns that we do with a client or do we do a pro bono or do we partner up with, like you said, external uh, agencies and things like that? So the health for all thing becomes a much bigger goal. And it's something we're working on at the minute to be able to achieve a broader healthcare, um, you know, address a, a, an imbalance. You know, we looked at something that, kind of popped up last year that we actually done a campaign around was the underrepresentation of the LGBTQ plus community within healthcare advertising itself. So if you look at historically at health ads, you know, in the UK and the US, pharma ads, the representation of different groups is shocking. It, it it's it's so skewed one way. So we started writing up this idea to to address that and we ran it around pride uh time in manchester and and it got picked up and you know got a lot of no it taken notice of and and it made us think this is just one tiny thing imagine doing it on a much bigger scale and that's kind of driven our ambition to get obviously more diverse folks into the agency but but to to put you know not just talk the talk but actually do it in a way that tackles really big problems you know in conjunction with you know what our client work is 
I'm actually very inspired. I mean, I didn't expect to be so inspired doing this podcast this morning. Honestly, I just thought I'd be on a, on a call with a bunch of guys just spouting out the same old stuff I've heard before. But genuinely, um, I, I really, really, I think it's quite amazing that you guys are looking at, you know, a different approach to how teams are structured around briefs. I, I, I massively appreciate how you're looking at talent. You're, you're sort of looking at the different t- pipelines. It's, it sounds like you're really tackling diversity in a really in in a way that's not just talking about it um and i and i think anyone listening to this can just get the energy and and the genuineness and the focus that you guys are all bringing to the table and and i think that the the bigger picture here is and i think is is going to be ultimately fruitful for you guys is you're not just seeing the creative department as one silo in your organization but you're seeing the whole agency as the creative department, which I think is is really brilliant, actually. I mean, that's what I got from it. Maybe you're, you're sort mm. of sat there going, we didn't say that. But anyway, that's what I heard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's fantastic. And I think, um, you know, I think you're absolutely right. And it's it's sort of, as, as you said earlier, I think it was Paul, that, you know, any, any or John, any any problem can be solved through creativity. And I think I think you've sort of demonstrated why basically you guys are the sort of the future leaders of your of your organizations and i can only i can only congratulate you and say how lucky they are well i think this is a good time to bring up some jobs cherry london have some open roles to join their fantastic agency and they are looking for an art director a senior writer and a powerpoint designer so if you fancy a new challenge or know anyone who does please get them to contact danny.buxton at cherrythinking.com. That's D-A-N-N-I dot B-U-X-T-O-N. Also remind everyone that if you do want to promote any roles on this podcast, do get in touch. Or if you need a bit more of a bespoke service, do check out our new talent platform at the Creative Floor Superstars. Any predictions you've got for 2021? God, I mean, based on based on what's happened in the past few months, who knows? You know, in the past few days, who knows? To put a positive slant on this, and without you know sounding cheesy, my prediction is creative will come to the forefront because in times of in times like we're going through, like we've got we haven't even touched on what's going to happen with the economy, with Brexit, etc. There's all the negativity we can look at, but that's where creative comes to the forefront. If you look in history, you know all of the times of repression. Creative responds back, and that's where we get something new, something beautiful. And, and it's when we're backed into the corner, creative comes to the forefront. And as I was saying earlier, with the spotlight on health, hopefully that's what I want to see, and that's what I want to put my prediction on, is that we come out fighting, we come out stronger, we're more innovative, we, we get new challenges, um, and we continue to continue to push you know, the creative boundaries and, and bring our clients on that journey with us. It's like the, the digital innovation was happening anyway. The creative, you know, the creative revolution, if you want, is happening anyway. But what COVID's done is condensed it for me. It, it, it's it's allowed everything to happen quicker. Things that we probably would have done in the next three or four years, we've got the opportunity to do in the next six months. So, you know, that's what I want to what I want to not just protect, but try and help shape. Mm. I mean, I think for me, um, you know, a number, a number of things, really. I think, first of all, we kind of touched on it before. I think that, you know, the world, you know, if you're talking, you know, from an advertising point of view, the world of, 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 of health and pharma is now mainstream. 
in everybody's lives, whether or not that means there'll be a kind of a reappraisal of, of, of things like that, you know, the phrase big farmer. I don't know if they, I don't know whether people will, will fundamentally reappraise the way, you know, people in the street think about um, elements of the industry. But I do think for sure that, you know, this is now mainstream in, in, in everyone's lives. And I think that that, you know, as we said before, adds, you know, a, a huge extra impetus and focus to everything that we do. I think that when it comes to the kind of advertising that I think we, I, you know, we will be creating going forward, um, in a similar way, you know, to which we were just discussing that obviously, you know, digital innovation had disrupted everything for, for many, many years previously. Uh, we'd obviously seen, you know, purpose-driven advertising being a huge focus, you know, right across the industry for a number of years. I think that's going to go into overdrive. I think that will be more important than ever in a world where so many things so many of the norms had broken down, um, you know, because we just can't get out and about and do things in the way we used to and, and the economic, you know, potentially consequences of that. Uh, the the brands, uh, whether they be traditional RX brands or not, that are being seen to put something back, to do something, you know, with purpose for good, uh, paying it, that kind of paying it forward type, type kind of philosophy is going to become even more important than it already was. And I think that's going to be so... Uh, you know, I may be proven wrong, but I think you'll see that reflected even more in the kind of work that gets awarded um, and, and wins, you know, um, in the future. And then I think, you know, you know, to echo the, you know, the guy's point, you don't know where, where, you know, you've already seen, you know, creativity show its, show its, show its um, face, not just in solving, you know, health challenges and health problems, um, but solving problems, you know, left, right, and center. You've already seen amazing things that come out of, uh, of times of adversity and, and the way our industry is adapted with photo shoots going on, you know, in gardens through people's windows or on people's doorsteps or remarkable ways of solving problems because you never never bet against the ingenuity of, of people and the creativity, uh, you know, of us as, as, you know, as a society. So I think, you know, we'll continue to see, uh, you know, staggeringly different ways of solving challenges and solving problems um and particularly that you know that purpose thing that i mentioned yeah i think that that you very eloquently hit the nail on the head there actually guy because the purpose driven advertising is it, it's been around for a bit but it 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 everything we do now has to be in that vein so if healthcare is now very much mainstream in front of people's minds and like politics is all of a sudden and you know all the big difficult things that people have thought has been behind a curtain and the machinations of companies and government just get on with it and it's you know the public aren't involved i think those days are over so anything we produce or any role we play as an advertising agency has to be transparent and it has to be genuine and that thinking in that approach to what we produce will only be for the better i think you know for a long time advertising has been a bit of a dirty word you know especially over the years and and there's a there's a trust that wasn't there so to be able to build on that yeah everything we do has to have a purpose but it has to be genuine authentic and, and kind of open as well you know i think that that transparency is key to to making things successful so I think that that would be the the trend or the prediction that we'd I'd certainly like to be part of, and some of the things we've all talked about on this call kind of nod and lead towards hopefully being able to to produce that kind of work. You know, 
I wouldn't mind swapping roles, Shaheen, if it's all right. I have a question for the panel. Um, to do with predictions, and I, and I think it's something Guy and John we're all going to face. So, and it's about employment. So we we we've always pride in our culture. You know, when you interview someone, you take them into the building, you get to see the vibrant, young, energetic agency that we all li- live and work in. That's taken away from us all at the moment, and you know, I, I'm I feel lucky that I'm part of an agency and I know the people. But when you're looking at moving jobs, as all of us, you know, have done recently and, and more people will, the thing that we will com- be competing with our agencies, when you take away the buildings, the locations as well, um, now we're remote working, it will come down to just salary and, and, and money. What, what, what can we do to make sure that we attract the right people for the right reasons? That's one of the problems I foresee in, in 2021 and, and with remote work. And there's a lot of opportunities that come with that you know, that you can work from home and that geography no longer plays such an important role. But do you, I mean, I, I presume I'm, I'm asking this really to Guy Nushahid, do you foresee problems where it will be almost a, a, a wage war, really? Who can offer the best salaries for the best talent? And is that actually productive? Um, shall I just come in there, Shahid? Because I think um, the, interesting, the interesting thing about McCann McCann Health and, and McCann World Group UK. I don't know if you guys know this. Is that we've actually moved buildings during lockdown. So uh, you know, if anyone knows the old the old uh, McCann building that was in Herbrand Street, Russell Square, uh, we vacated that actually not long after the first the, the first lockdown began, March April time, and we've moved to new premises um, in uh, around Liverpool Street in East London, uh, which you know as you can probably imagine have taken a number of <laughs> a number of years and a lot of investment uh, to get ready. It's a big, uh, it's a huge building um, um, with a number of different you know group companies uh, that were going to be housed there. Now, you know, you know. In the in the before the sort of the global kind of paradigm was cracked, you know, you know, for good, in terms of you know uh, working from home versus office space, you know, you could imagine that that's one of a number of things you're offering potential new joiners and new candidates the opportunity to work in this in this fantastic you know fantastic new space, great part of town, great environment. You know, there's a you know a bar and a restaurant in the in the new in the new building and all that kind of thing. And as you as you quite rightly say. Uh, now that's you know that's not necessarily going to be a part necessarily of a top priority given you know in, in what we offer potential new new candidates and new talent particularly because uh, you know great expectation going forward is going to be around you know what, what kind of mix of of um of of in the office home working versus versus in the office working each company offers i think you know i I'm not going to speak to necessarily, you know, the finances and whether or not it's going to become, you know, a, a kind of financial arms race in terms of, in terms of offering salaries. Because you may well be right. I think what is absolutely true is is it's incumbent upon the leadership of agencies to try and find um, answers and ways through this um, in the, in the kind of new world that we're forging. One of the things I've talked a lot to. The leadership team in London about over the last six months is, you know, you've, 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 you know, we've all mentioned it on this call. Culture, uh, agencies, or you know, for as long as we've all been in the industry, everyone talks about culture, culture, culture. And we all pride ourselves on having these agency cultures for good reason. Um, but you know, what does culture mean when when people are you know at home working from their living room? You know, or you know, or or, or you know, or, or or from their bedroom in in a, in, a, in a studio apartment. 
what does what does agency culture mean when people aren't together? And the other thing is, and we touched on it before with with pipeline is talent training. You know, one of the things we talk about a lot at McCann Health is the fact that you know everyone can get on a Zoom call or a Teams chat, right? You know, you can have 15, 20, 30 people on a meeting. But when it's mostly the senior people who are talking, you know, there's a whole group of people there who may not be able to participate in the call, may drop off the call at the end. As I was saying previously, there's no, not necessarily the same opportunity for those kind of follow-ups and checking in on people and, did, you know, how was that meeting for you and what did you, what did you understand from it? And, you know, that doesn't happen. So there's, there's two big questions for me, which are how did the, the, the young talent of tomorrow who can't watch, you know, as we were saying earlier, uh, grow and how do we nurture and develop them from remote spaces? And also, what does that mean for culture? I don't know if the answer is going to be just more money. It might be. But I do think it's incumbent upon us to find ways to define culture in a meaningful way um, that might have been out of a brand, you know, shiny new office. Um, and define new ways of training and growing and making people feel part of something um, when it's not, as I say, in the same physical space. So I'm probably dodging your question altogether <laughs> other than to say that I completely agree with the challenge. And I, I hope it's not just about money is not the answer, but I think we've got to come up with some, with some, some bigger and bolder thinking against the question that you're asking. Well, one, of the, one of the things with, with my hangover from being a consumer for most of my career is not being able to show the work and, and, you know, it, the answer to this would be, for me, do the best work and, and people want to, you know, any creative in my mind worth their salt wants to be where the work is and where the, you know, the great work's coming from. It's the restriction of showing that and then you take away the restriction of showing the culture and what we stand for. <coughs> Excuse me. We do need to adapt and look after people and show those environments because I think that especially young creatives, any creative that works solely for money is probably not one of the better creatives that we want to employ that the, that that needs to come in time but it's about opportunity and growth and and you know your your point guy about the you know juniors and not being able to pick up with them i want to you know for everybody that's listening to this this was came from a midway in in one of my teams and i was really impressed with him a guy called ben he he said to me when he was a junior he learned the most by looking over the shoulders of seniors so not necessarily work he's on but by looking what they're doing and how they approach it. So I was really impressed with this with this guy because he said that even as a midweight, he would ring the juniors up at the end of the week and he would show them what he'd been working on and why he'd done things the way he had. And the minute he told me that, I just spread that through the whole creative department, saying, you know, our young people are our foundation of tomorrow and they don't always get given the best briefs, you know, or the most challenging so it's super important that we involve them in the work that the seniors are doing, even if it's just from a, a visibility point of view. So, you know, if, if other agencies want to adopt that, I recommend it because a young person starting their career that's got the email brief rather than the glamorous TV, brief, show them the approach, show them the great work, keep them inspired, keep them hungry, keep them learning because we need them. You know, they're going to be the people that make our agency what it is. And at the moment, they're the people in the worst living conditions. You know, you were saying about the one-bed apartments. At the start of the career, they haven't possibly got the outdoor space. They haven't got the support network. They're, they're the, the people we need to be looking out for and helping that we develop them. I think, I think you, the question that you asked, though, is such a killer question, and it might even warrant its own podcast. I'll definitely get 
guys back on to to talk about it. I think what you say about the creative department makes total sense. And of course, you know, when you when you hear that, you're like, that's a great idea. Of course, everyone should be doing that. But but when you're throwing in the question of, you know, is it all now just going to be coming down to money? Because, you know, it doesn't really matter about, you know, McCann's fancy office or Havas's really sexy cool office in Manchester, because quite frankly, I'm stuck in my bedroom looking at my laptop. So if somebody's going to throw mm. me or, you know, maybe double or triple or quadruple my salary, quite frankly, I can go and get a bigger house and, and live and enjoy my life a little bit better. How important is money going to play in people's decision to, to leave? And I think if you just look at some of the cultural issues that are going on right now, right? I mean, it's no surprise everyone's saying, been saying it over 2020 and certainly it's going to be a theme for 2021 is that the mental health bomb is going to far outweigh you know, in terms of the people that it affects than, than the coronavirus. You know, you've got a lot of mental health issues going on. I mean, even just through people that I know who are working in, in agencies, it's, they might, their job might be completely protected and completely secure because of the environment. But in most cases, if their partner's working in a completely different industry, it's quite commonplace that those partners aren't working anymore or they've been furloughed or there's been a massive drop in that household income so so money ultimately will play a huge role and i think you touched on it you you all touched on it the one thing that you can only ever really protect and and is your culture and i think how you how you guys have talked about your culture is in my in from my perspective absolutely correct in terms of what it is as you start getting to understand different you know different agencies and how they seem cult cc culture is that i think people sometimes think that culture is a process and i think i don't think it's a process i think culture is about people and if the moment you start putting process over people that's the moment where money will start taking your people away because it doesn't really matter you know people are all going through absolute hell at home and and you you touch on it guy yourself when you're on a call you don't know what somebody's really feeling you know you don't really know you know whether they how they're feeling that day you're not having those incidental moments you know you 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 can't you can't use a spidey sense to just go i think there's a problem over there i'm just going to go and take them out for a coffee and mm. just see if everything's okay mm. and and i think that's part of the the, the issue too you know that the the sort of conundrum is that the health, healthcare agencies have had a phenomenal 2020 most agencies have had record periods of growth and new business and you're sort of like countering that with everyone working at home you know everyone's working at maximum capacity with in 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 the lowest state of of their mental health that makes sense so it's going to be really interesting in 2021 if those things are fundamentally going to change because if it's a if, if there's a moment in time for you to escape the current issue in front of you and just moving to another place where you're going to encounter the same issues but get paid much much more money why would we not do it so the only thing you can ever really do is invest in your culture i think of course but it's just remote working so previously before the cca role i was the ecd of, of the london team in in harris link so i was split over the hkx office in, in you know in king's cross london and manchester and i did a lot of traveling and we had we previously had no creatives in, in london they were all based out of manchester and the accounts were in london now we're working from home and, you know, as we grow and we have, John and I have our ambition to grow our department even more and do better work, we can look at London creatives because they don't need to be in the Manchester office. We're working from home. 
But the problem that comes with that is the 20% extra salary, <laughs> you know, and, and that, that, you know, makes me ask the question again about the, the, the geography, the money. That, that, this is what really interests me is what we, how we get people motivated, how all the agencies get the best potential staff and grow their careers. But a lot of the goalposts will change for people. And it's a collectively important that we stick to what's right rather than just what's financially right so that we can in a long-term success for the industry rather than, than a short-term one. Hmm. Well, it becomes a, it will become a different type of industry. If we get to a place where people aren't making a trade-off and they aren't saying, you know, a huge part of why I'm joining this particular company at this time is because I want to do this kind of work or be part of this kind of work or I see the agency as, that has done this before and I see the talent. If that just stops being a part of people's decision making then obviously it becomes a different type of industry you know it becomes like banking or accountancy or whatever you know you just you're joining it for different reasons and i'm sure we all hope that's absolutely not where we'll end up so i agree the investment has to be in other things particularly culture and, and people well look thank you um thank you john thank you paul thank you guy um it's been a really fascinating podcast and i'm really i'm really grateful for your time and yeah look i just think you know your agencies are extremely lucky to have you um i want to congratulate you i can't wait to see what comes out of your agencies moving forward i'd lastly just like to wish you a very happy new year and uh, we'll get you on this podcast um in the future so thanks so much thank you thank you If you do enjoy listening to these podcasts, please do subscribe and share whenever possible. 